Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock, a learning center for practical spirituality. The words you are about to hear will inspire a shift in your perspective to see what is possible by means of you right now and affirm your soul's knowing about taking that next step in your life for your own highest good. Sunday. I was brand new to Canada, and so I didn't know about Canadian Thanksgiving. (laughs) But I think it's brilliant to have it on Monday, and then you can have your dinner on Sunday, and have leftovers and really do nothing on Monday. (laughs) That's brilliant. In the States, we have it on Thursdays, and you you never, you, like, you always have it on Thursday. It's like, such, it's like, that's the day. And then you have Black Friday, the following day, right, which is consumerism at its best. <laughs> so, thank you. For being here today, especially if like you're gonna leave here and go home and like cook and clean and get together with people and and it makes for a long day. And a full day, a full day of thankfulness. I'm getting the thumbs up back there. Awesome. So how does how does a woman go from being an angry atheist to being a licensed minister? <laughs> I would have never dreamed this up in my life. But I want to talk to you about how walking the path of connection is what brought me here. And so I'll just start by sharing about my own personal awakening. Because the path of connection begins with awareness, with your awakening. And my awakening happened around April 10th, 2005. Now at the time, I was a tax accountant. I, you know, at this point, I can't really believe that either about myself. But, you know, April 15th is the tax day in the States, and this was like the last weekend before tax day. And it was my daughter's birthday, and we were celebrating her birthday with family. And in the kitchen, and I started seeing flashing lights. You know, kind of like, if you glance up at the sun and you get it gets a little like flashy and you get a little blinded for a moment and then it goes away. Well, these lights didn't go away. And it was very strange. There was no pain or discomfort, just flashing lights. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor had no idea what was going on. He said, You need to go see an eye doctor. 
So don't drive, go to the eye doctor. So I go to the eye doctor the next day, and I found out that I had something that's called a branch retinal artery occlusion. What even is that? I had never even heard of that before. And so the eye doctor sent me to another specialist to figure out what was going on. I had tests after tests after tests and and found, found out that this is essentially a blood clot in my eye. It's supposed to be an indicator of something much more serious. You don't just like have these. They're usually like a, a sign that there's a serious underlying condition. So all of these doctors thought I was really sick. And I actually, I went on medical leave and was, was off of work for many months while we're trying to figure out what is going on with me. The, the blood clot, it caused a part of the eye that didn't get any blood nourishment. And so that part of my eye died. And, and I had a blind spot in my eye. Thank God, I got to stop doing taxes at that point. <laughs> oh, my boss probably wasn't that happy being so close to the deadline, but I was thrilled that I didn't have to do any more taxes that year. That's where it generally starts. An awakening, an awareness of consciousness where you begin to start asking yourself, like, what am I doing? Where am I now? And where am I going? And if you were as disconnected with your purpose as I was at that time, those questions don't feel very good. Because those questions, they elicit answers that come with emotion, that come with feeling, and a lot of times can be very uncomfortable. It can be messy, and it can be confusing and disorienting. My whole life was just put on hold as I began to ask these questions. Where am I and where am I going? And the, the path of connection, it does require us to feel. <laughs> and you know, I spend a lot of time not feeling, right? I spend a lot of time being pretty disconnected from my feelings because I needed to get stuff done. And the really, really cool thing, though, about waking up is that oftentimes, when you wake up in consciousness, you wake up a courage within you. You wake up a strength that you didn't know was there. And you wake up 
people and experiences that begin to come towards you to help you walk the path of connection. You know, this next step goes hand in hand with awakening and expanding awareness because this next step is acceptance. Acceptance. Now, if someone had told me to accept that I, that I was losing part of my vision and that I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going, I would have, like, punched him in the nose. <laughs> accept this? What? But I'm scared, and I don't know what's wrong with my body and my health. But acceptance is, what's the word? Palatable. When we take it in a couple of parts. One is a willingness to let go. A willingness to release. A willingness to let go of whatever form the resistance comes up in. Whether it's judging or fear or shaming or blaming, whatever whatever form that resistance comes in, are you willing to let that resistance go? And at the same time, what are you willing to embrace? What are you willing to embrace? I knew pretty quickly after I was struggling with my vision that what was happening was I was waking up to a new vision inside of me. My physical vision was compromised. But my inner vision was coming in coming into focus. It was coming into focus. Now there was there was a lot of resistance for me during that initial few months of tests and not knowing. I mean, how many of you have like, gone to get that scan or that ultrasound, and then the technician like has that blank face, you know, <laughs> does their thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll call you in a week. <laughs> what? Tell me right now. There was a lot of tests during that time and a lot of waiting. But what I found is that although the resistance was, you know, tempting, that the resistance also made it harder. Made it harder to walk through that. So what are you willing to release? And what are you willing to embrace? The next step is alignment. It becomes really important to begin to start looking at your values, your beliefs, and your intentions. Because when we're asleep, 
we don't actually really know what they are. We're just moving from moment to moment, trying to get through the day, the week, and oh my God, is it Monday already? Right? We're, we're so busy, we might not even understand what our values are, what our beliefs are, or what our intentions are. And, you know, this, this part of spending some time and clarifying what those are so important because it helps when we know what our values, beliefs, and intentions are, it helps us to maybe stop the knee-jerk reaction. Those things you do, but then you feel guilt over like immediately and then you wished you hadn't. If you struggle with that, or you find that happening frequently in your life, just spend some time with your values, beliefs, and intentions, and clarifying them. Pull up a dictionary and look up meanings of words and write them down, make art projects of them, put art on your walls that remind you of your values and intentions, post-it notes. This is also where accountability partners come in really powerfully because your accountability partners can remind you what your values, beliefs, and intentions are when you forget, because we forget. In the midst of it, we can forget. One of the, the things that I learned about myself during this time of what was really a medical crisis that I was going through, I had this aha moment where I realized that I believed that I needed a medical crisis in order to take care of myself. You know, going on disability at the time, I was off of work. I had like six months of disability benefits, and it was the first time in my life that I had my main job was just self-care. I didn't even really know what self-care was at the time. But I began to learn about what self-care was and what rest is. Although my husband might tell you that I'm not very good at resting. <laughs> Sometimes cleaning is restful for me. <laughs> But I, you know, sometimes these beliefs get planted in your childhood and then you don't realize they're there until something happens that really moves you to take a closer look at what's driving this. And in my childhood, my dad um, moved back to Alaska. And so I lived with my mom and my two older sisters, the four of us. And my mom, she went to college to become a nurse while I was in grade school. And then she worked like three jobs after college in order to really get us on our feet. And I didn't realize this 
So through that experience, one of the only ways that my mom would slow down and really connect with me was if I was ill. And I was, I had some major illness in my childhood, you know, thankfully that I fully recovered from, but you know, I was in the hospital a few times, and my, those were the times when my mom actually took time off to, to like be with me. And so here I was, I was about 30 and 31 when this was happening, that I, I realized, wait a minute, I am worthy. Care? Time? And of love for myself and from the important people in my life. I do not need an illness to have this kind of care and connection. I might not have clarified that belief for myself without this six months of disability. This six months of disability, it just, like, it sped everything up, metaphysically. You know, while I was slowing down, while I was doing nothing, I mean, I painted our whole house, I think, during that time. <laughs> but it was very meditative, right? And the, the awareness of where I was at, where I was headed, and what was important to me deepened by leaps and bounds. So what are your values, what are your beliefs, and what are your intentions? That's the, the third step on this path of connection. The fourth step is a fun one. Because the fourth step is, what are you going to do, if anything? It's about action. You've increased your awareness, you've deepened your acceptance, you've clarified your values, beliefs, and intentions. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And just remember that not doing anything is an action. One of the things I did during that time, that six months, was I started going to therapy. And I started reading nonfiction. I had really never read nonfiction in my life, but I discovered the self-help section. I needed a lot of support during that time. And so I I I went out and got it. And I joined a women's group and I found out about life coaching, had, had a therapist, a life coach, amongst half a dozen doctors, and I had never learned about, 
I never knew about coaching. It was kind of being born at that time. And it was during this time that I realized, I think I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> so I went to school. I went to school. At the end of that six months, I started a training program. And that's, that's how I became a life coach. My whole career and focus shifted then. And, and that really was the turning point in my life path. That really brought me here today. I think I could have still made it here, but maybe 10 years later, you know, without the problem of my vision. But this next step in the path of connection is one you might want to skip. You might want to skip this next step, but it's actually one of the most crucial. And if you were to take only one thing from me today, I would hope that it would be this one. Because the sixth, no, jump ahead, we're not on six, we're on five. The fifth step in walking the path of connection is to acknowledge yourself. It's to acknowledge yourself. No matter what happens, no matter the, the biggest failure, the worst outcome, it is crucial to acknowledge yourself. What are you willing to acknowledge yourself for? You see, the work we do in the world sometimes requires us to, you know, pour ourselves into it. But we also need to make sure that we're giving some of that back to ourselves that we feed our own soul with an acknowledgement of the self so that our work is sustainable. Without this piece, you could easily just run out of steam and be like, whose idea was it to walk this path? I'm going to take a nap. Actually, naps are good. Um, but you know, don't go back to sleep in your life. Right? We want to stay awake and continue to awaken ourselves and each other. So what are you willing to acknowledge yourself for? Man. I acknowledged myself. I learned how to acknowledge myself during that six months. And I started practicing it then. And I acknowledged myself through fear after fear after fear. And you know how I told you that my mom was a single mom? I too was a single mom for a time. And part of, part of how that impacts family life is that it kind of runs on survival mode. So I, I have really run in survival mode for many years. I have to have this job, 
back to county because I have to support my family, I have to make ends meet, I have to blah blah blah, whatever it was. My whole life ran on these half keys. It was really this step of acknowledging myself that helped me move out of victim mode and into more of wait a minute, I have a choice here. This was the step that helped me leave victimhood behind more than anything else. You know, I say that as if victimhood is something you can like walk away from and never have again. <laughs> I definitely find myself in victimhood from time to time. But the difference is I have the tools to not stay there. And the path of connection can help you strengthen those muscles that will get you moving through it maybe quicker than if you didn't have them. So what are you willing to acknowledge yourself for? You know, those have-tos that I was living off of, they were very rigid. And as I strengthened this muscle of acknowledging myself, I softened too. I softened into the curve of infinite possibility. I began to imagine that there was something else available for my life. I actually didn't have to be a tax accountant forever. I did do one more tax season, though. <laughs> that was my last, and it was really hard because my passions were elsewhere already. So now we are at the sixth step in the path of connection. And we come full circle to Thanksgiving. Because this sixth step is appreciation. It's the willingness to be grateful. Now it's, it's easy to be grateful for like really cold drink on a hot day, right? Like that's 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 what I call easy gratitude. But I want to talk to you about hard gratitude. Hard gratitude is when you're willing to practice being grateful when it moves you out of complaining, blaming, or shaming. So that's when maybe something doesn't go the way you wanted it to go. But you're willing to be grateful for what? Maybe your willingness. Maybe you're grateful for your courage. Maybe you're grateful for the opportunity to show up differently than you have before. Maybe you're willing to be grateful for being a role model. There's always something to be grateful for, but sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper. So during, you know, during that time, that six, that initial six months, <coughs> and I was very grateful for the doctors and the technology and my therapist and coach and my women's group and my husband and my family and 
my friends who supported me. There was a lot to be grateful for. And may I know that feeling of falling on my knees in gratitude in my life over and over again. Yes. So I think it's it's fair to tell you the outcome of this medical crisis that I had. <coughs> in the end, literally, after six months of testing and testing and more testing, the official diagnosis I got was, well, that was a fluke. <laughs> yes, that is an official medical term. <laughs> yeah, right? Because they happen, right? There are things that science can't explain. Mm -hmm. And so the blood clot in my eye was a fluke that no one could explain except for I know why it happened. Right? I know that it was my awakening. I know that I was being blessed and catapulted into an entirely new life and trajectory. So no matter what is happening in your life now, desired, undesired, wanted, unwanted, fearful or not, know that it is moving you toward your highest and best. That there is love to discover and courage that is wanting to come through you. And the, the vision loss that I had at the time, you will never believe this. Our brains, so smart, my brain learned how to see without it. That part of my eye that died, it never did resurrect. It's still, you could probably maybe still see it on a scan. But I don't see it. You know, I look out at you and I see just fine. Because my brain has compensated for it. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Spirit was like, I want you to see in this next phase of your life. <laughs> <laughs> so Ernest Holmes said, if day by day we have a greater understanding and a clearer concept, if daily we are realizing more of truth and applying it in our actions, then we're on the right path, and eventually we shall be made free. Yeah. The path of connection is actually the path of freedom. And these very same steps are exactly the same steps we practice in prayer and in our spiritual journey. We become aware of truth. We accept this truth. We align with truth. And then we act as if it is already so. And we acknowledge ourselves. We're grateful for the truth that is alive in us and the truth that empowers and unfolds before us. And I am grateful that I get to walk this path with you today. And 
maybe I'll watch it with you a little bit after today. <laughs> <laughs> this is our time for questions and answers. So as a candidate for to be of service as your minister, you get to ask me any questions. So any question you like, it doesn't have to be about today's talk or the process that we walked through, but if there's something you'd like to know about me, I'm an open book. <laughs> Before we get to the candidating questions or whatever, I didn't figure out that it was two steps until we got to the third. So what was step one and two? Absolutely. Step one is is awareness. Because this is your awakening, your expanding awareness. And step two is acceptance. And acceptance, what can you release and what can you embrace? Yes? Oh, service is amazing. We could probably go in all of them, but it's definitely an amazing action to take. So being of service, you know, if we had to just pick one, it would be there in the action piece. You're welcome. Yes. Sure, absolutely. We just talked about step one being awareness and step two being acceptance. Step three is about alignment, knowing your values, beliefs, and intentions before you take action, which is number four. And then you're acknowledging yourself as number five. No matter the outcome of that action, you're acknowledging yourself. And number six, you're practicing gratitude. You're welcome. Yes. Yes. I do. Yes. My daughter is Karina, and she's 26. I had her when I was 18. Yes. So she, we have literally grown up together. She is currently in Portland, Oregon. And she's a junior at university, and she's majoring in um, like advocacy, social work, in the helping profession. Yeah. Thank you for asking about her. Who else? You were married. Yes, I am married. My husband will. I was wondering. Yeah, he's here. That's my husband. He's very shy. He's like, don't look at me. We're all looking at him. I will. Oh, I am sorry, honey. Vancouver and they just and I said oh honey let's go to Vancouver we came last year 
not this, so about a year and a half ago, we came to celebrate our wedding anniversary. And within like a few hours, I was like, honey, honey, how can we live here? <laughs> and he's just like, oh gosh. <laughs> um, that was in May. And in June of that same year, we had decided that we were ready to move from Portland, but that we were going to give it a year and, and we would be in Portland one more year and then we would be moving somewhere and we weren't sure where. Um, thankfully though, Will's company has an office here. So we, um, by the end of that year, so this was not this year, but so by about a year ago, we knew we'd be moving here. And now we do. We live in Colquitlam. Yes. In the tiniest apartment I've ever lived in. <laughs> but I love it. I do have two chihuahuas that I am obsessed with. My daughter is old, but my dogs still live at home, and our life revolves around our dogs. I, I have I learned more about love through my dogs. You're no second. Third. Or third? Oh. <laughs> because I'm really curious if there is a desire to grow and what that would look like. Um, some centers like to stay small, um, and I've been at both large centers and small centers. So I think even before we move into action around growth, there's a discovery period to happen and a connection of what are the values and beliefs and intentions of community members, of leaders in the community. And so that's where I would start with growth. I would start being more curious about where you are and where you want to go. And that, that first step, right? Where are we? Where do you see yourself going? How do you feel about it? Right? And we would start there. Um, I would also like to say, though, that I love social media and connecting on social media and really letting people know I think if more people knew, more people would be here. Because I think this is something that people want. Practical spirituality that empowers you to fulfill your purpose and know your magnificence. Yes, please. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Who else? Out of time. I, we're out of time now, but if you have any other questions for me, please do ask. And today in our talk, it was really about the inner process of transformation. And in the workshop I'm doing today is more about how we do that together. It's more about the outer process of walking that path together. So I hope you'll join me. Thank you for listening. If you've received value, 
We invite you to share this podcast and check out our website to register for our Let's Connect weekly newsletter, providing thought-provoking blogs along with the details of our upcoming courses and events. Blessings on your journey. Thank you.